All right. Well, good morning. morning. Happy Mother's Day to the mothers. <sighs> and it's not Friday here, but it was Friday morning, mid-morning, what we're going to talk about this morning. Just before Passover was supposed to begin. So it kind of gives you a timeline. And we'll end up this morning, hopefully, at about noon is when he went to be crucified. And by three, he was dead. So it kind of gives you a path as far as where we're going. So, to turn this on, it works a lot better. So he goes before Pilate and Herod. So he's gone through two, if you want to say judges, two judges. Who's he gone through so far? You remember? Annas and Caiaphas. Annas was the, probably one of the high priests, but he now is the father-in-law of the high priest. And then Caiaphas is the high priest. But he's gone through two trials. Uh, one was at Annas's house. And the other one was at the, uh, probably at the temple where the Sanhedrin meets. So they've decided they're going to kill him for a long time. They've got a bunch of false witnesses they've hired to testify at the Sanhedrin. What was the charge they eventually brought against him? Blasphemy. Yeah. Okay. He said he was the son of God. That was a no-win for him. If he said he wasn't, he would have been lying. The fact that he said he was, they said, oh, it's blasphemy, because you can't possibly be the son of God. So, he goes before Pilate and Herod. Why did they have to go to Pilate? Because Herod didn't want it. Because what? I think Herod didn't want it. Well, Herod didn't know, but, but Herod, actually, Pilate said, Jesus to Herod, but the reason he goes there is because they wanted to kill him, but they didn't want to do it. They wanted to do it at arm's length. We want to do this so that people can't point the finger back at us. We want the Romans, who everybody already hates, we want them to do it. So that was the plan. So, then the Jew Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. So, what would their uncleanness have prevented them from doing? Being able to take the Passover. When does Passover start that day? It's like two, three in the morning, two, uh, maybe eight in the morning. When does Passover start that day? Starts that day. When does it start? What time of day? Six p.m. Six p.m. Okay. So the beginning of the day is at 6 p.m. It's in the evening. So that's, keep that in mind. 
because we're going to come back to that in less than three minutes, probably. So how did Pilate accommodate them? What did he do? He actually charges, but he came out. He's at home. That's that when it says the palace of the Roman governor, that's his home. They wouldn't go in, so he came out. Now what Nora's answer was is he said, What do you what do you what's what this guy do? You know? What did he do wrong? Tell me what he did wrong. So how did they answer the question? Did they say what he did wrong? No. They said, if he, wasn't, if he wasn't guilty, we wouldn't have brought him. It's like, guilty of what? I don't know if there's any frustration building up with, with, uh, with Pilate this time, but he's, he's got to be a little frustrated. So what uncleanness would they suffer if they went in the palace, which, and where's this instruction? Where's this law? Where's this commandment that they're getting it from? Where do you think it's from? How <laughs> Leviticus, and all I did was underline it a whole bunch of times. If, you, if you're good and you touch someone who has discharge or someone that has it on their clothes or someone that has it somewhere in their place or something like that, you're unclean till the evening. Okay, so there's an assumption possibly with them that says if we go into a Gentile's house we may touch something that's some sort of a discharge that's in there and, and we'll be unclean. But when are they clean again? In the evening. When does Passover start? The evening. Okay. So there's stuff going on all day long that they want to participate in. Not just the Passover. There's probably all kinds of dinners and things like that, and they get to go to them, and they get to be the, the big person that's sitting there at, the, at, at wherever they're eating at, and like that. And they don't want to miss out on that. There is no law that prevents them going into a Gentile's house anywhere. But I think they, most, most uh, commentators kind of believe that uh, this may be what they're talking about because they, uh, they could run into something, maybe, Well, they, they hated the Romans. They absolutely hated the Romans. And they began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes the payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be, to be Messiah, a king. So, the follow-on, when they first answered it, they said, We wouldn't have brought him to if he wasn't a criminal. What charges do they bring? And how is that different than what they brought at the Sanhedrin? The problem with Sanhedrin was they said, okay, he's claimed to be God. Okay, that was the claim that they had. That was, that was, that was the charge. How does this charge differ? What are, they, what are they saying he is? Not 
yeah, don't pay taxes, which is a big deal. Okay, because what, what did the Romans pay their soldiers with? Tax money. That's how they did everything. So he says, he opposes the payment of taxes to Caesar. And then we found this man subverting our nation, an insurrectionist. So an insurrectionist saying, don't pay taxes. And he's a king. He said he's a king. Now, did the Romans tolerate kings? Yeah. Absolutely. That was a uniqueness. When you looked at the Babylonian Empire, you looked at the, the Grecian Empire, they didn't tolerate a king. They had their own person there that was running things. But the way the Romans did it was, they'd put a governor over a region. And they could have three, four, five kings that reported up to that governor. That was not unusual. So they tolerated kings. So that wasn't really a charge, much of a charge. In John, Pilate said, take him for yourselves and judge him by your own law. But they said, but we have no right to execute anyone. They objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. So, so what did Pilate tell him to do? Yeah, do it yourself. Take it to him. You want to execute him? Do, do what you want to do. So why did they say they couldn't kill Jesus? They didn't want it on their hands. That was the reason. But would they give one, would they say to, would, what was the reason they gave Pilate? They don't have the right to do it. So when they all brought the woman that was caught in adultery and they wanted to stone her, wouldn't that kill her? When they stoned Stephen to death, didn't they kill him? So it's a lie. It's just a lie. But they were afraid of the people, though. They were afraid, yes. This is all a political move. This is all very being orchestrated so that we, we can say we have plausible deniability. The Romans killed him. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned to Jesus, and asked him, are you king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked? Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied, your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? So he heard what they charged. Now he's asking Jesus. So he's being very fair as far as the way he's going about finding out what's going on. Why did Pilate ask if Jesus was the king of the Jews? Why do you know to ask that question? Remember the last charge they brought? It said he's Messiah, a king? And he put it in his head and said, a king must be the king of the Jews because he's a Jew. So he put it together in his head. Why is he asking questions? Maybe to get him to lie. I think he knows there's something rotten here. I think Pilate just kind of suspicious to say, this is just a little weird. Because the Jews have killed people before. 
Why is this different? What's going on here? What's different about this? Who is this guy? Plus, uh, I would think he needs to know. If he's going to do something, he does need to know. Now, does, does Jesus have the same path forward for him that Paul did? What's different between Jesus and Paul as far as what they could do legally within the Roman system? What, could, what, was, what was Paul? He was a Roman citizen. He could appeal to the emperor. Who did the governor report to? In the Roman structure. The emperor. He was a direct report to the emperor of the Roman Empire. So he's, he's, he's one step down. So he's a pretty, pretty powerful position. But Jesus wasn't a Roman citizen, so he couldn't appeal to the emperor for anything that had been passed over him by the governor. Whatever the Roman governor said, that was what was going to happen. So Jesus said, and this is a continuation between Pilate and Jesus, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into this world is to testify about the truth. Everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. What is truth? That was from Pilate. So Jesus answers Pilate's first question, do you think he understood his answer? No, I don't think so. My, my kingdom is not of this world. I imagine he's going, okay, what is this guy talking about? I don't understand. Okay, so you're king. That's kind of where his conclusion was from his first answer. So why did Jesus say he came into the world? The truth, okay. I came in to make sure people understood about my father, about his father, and to understand how much he cares for us and to understand who he really is. How had the Jewish leadership portrayed Jesus? I'm, I'm sorry, how had the Jew, Jewish leadership portrayed God? As a God, I'm going to get you. As a God, if you don't follow the rules, okay. And I think he came to dispel that particular one. To say, here's the God. Here's the God you have. You've had all along. He's patient. He's loving. He's caring. Not the God that you're being taught. That was the truth. And the eventual truth that he brought was salvation for us. What's the motive behind Pilate's question, what is truth? What is Pilate? What is his job? 
He's a politician. For a politician, what's truth? Whatever makes you popular. Isn't it? I got to do the right thing politically. Otherwise, I'm not going to stay in this position. So it's a, it's, a, it's a situational type of thing. Where Jesus is talking about an absolute truth, and Pilate's talking about where your perspective is, what's truth. Then Pilate announced to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. But they instead, but they insisted, he stirs up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee, and he's come all the way down, all the way here. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. When he learned that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at this time. Why would Herod be in Jerusalem? Just a little history. When Jesus was born, do you remember who the king was? Herod, Herod the Great. Herod the Great's dead, but he had four sons. And they split the kingdom up into four pieces. And the area that's in the northern region is under one of the Herods. And that son is down in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. So you kind of put the pieces together as far as who's what. So what is Pilate's conclusion after questioning Jesus? Well, that, that's what he eventually gets to. But he says, hey, this guy? There's nothing wrong with him. He didn't do anything wrong. I'm not going to do anything to him. But then, what's the additional charge they bring against him? He stirs up the people. <laughs> he only fed 5,000 off the mountain. He fed another 4,000 when he talked. But he stirs up the people. In other words, he's making it difficult for us, so he stirs up the people. So why does Pilate lock on to one thing that the Jewish leadership says? What does he lock on to, and why does he lock on to it? He locks on to it. He says, well, he's from Galilee. Huh? He's from Galilee? Herod's here. You ever play hot potato? Well, Jesus is a hot potato. Okay? And Pilate says, hey, I can throw this one over to Herod. Let him do something with the guy. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased because for a long time he had been wanting to see him. From what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform a sign of some sort. He plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there, vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him, dressing him in an elegant robe. They sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became friends, because before this, they had been enemies. So... How well connected does Herod seem to be with the Jewish leadership? And, and why might he be disconnected? 
So I kind of answered the first part of that. Was he, was he in on the plot to kill Jesus? No. They didn't include him. Sanhedrin didn't include him in a bit of the planning. He was totally out. Why might he be disconnected? The Herods weren't pure-blood Jews. They were Roman and Jewish background in Herod and in Herod's sons that took over after Herod. So they really didn't think too much of them. So they were kind of like, okay, we have our kings, but the kings were there as not strictly figureheads, but they were there to rule. But the Sanhedrin had the real power, particularly down in Jerusalem. So these two particular groups are separated. But they're trying to get Herod to do something. Because they don't care about Herod. If he gets thrown out and thrown to the wolves, they don't care. So, so what's Herod really hoped for with Jesus coming there? What does he really want? Do a magic show. Show me something. Pull a rabbit out of your hat. You know? Heal somebody. I'll cut somebody's ear off or something like that. You can put it back on again. Okay? Do something like that. I've never seen that before. I want to see that. Kind of makes you think of a, kind of being a simple kind of guy. So what's this scene like? You know, Herod's questioning Jesus. What's going on? Isn't this about one step away from a chaos? The Jewish leadership have, now this one, they walked right into where Herod's throne room is area. They, they didn't have a problem with that. And they're sitting there screaming Kill this guy. He's guilty and like that. While Herod's trying to question him. I mean, this is one step back from chaos. Probably in there around this room. And all Herod wants to see is a magic show. It's kind of crazy. So how does Herod ultimately treat him? He's a politician too. Let's give the crowd what they want. Let's mock him. Put a big robe on him like, you know, well, you say you're king. We'll put this great robe on you and like that. And then they, what they were saying to mock him, who knows? What was Jesus doing the whole time? He didn't say a word. You're right. He kept quiet. He just said nothing. Absolutely nothing. What made Herod and Pilate friends? Herod was willing to take him. At that particular point, they were enemies because Jew versus the, the Romans. But this particular point, he was trying to help Herod. Uh, Herod was trying to help Pilate. Pilate was trying to help Herod. So there was that working together with Jesus. So Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers and the people, and said to them, you brought me this man as one who is inciting the people to rebellion. 
I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither is Herod, for he sent him back to us. As you can see, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. So what was the conclusion both Pilate and Herod reached? No, they didn't. They didn't want, they saw this as a hot potato. They knew it was a hot potato. But they said, we, we found nothing. This guy, we found nothing that this guy's done wrong. Yeah, coming to that. Yep, she said, don't do that. Don't get involved. So, since Pilate was found nothing wrong, no crime, no nothing, so why is he going to punish him? Yeah, it's going to satisfy the people. So maybe that will satisfy their bloodlust if I really just punish them, and then I'll release them. I did something. Now, it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one of you, no, which one do you want me to release to you? Jesus, Barabbas, or Jesus, who's called the Messiah? For, they knew, for he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. So what tradition is it going to leverage? And it's around Passover when they do it. Yeah. Yep. I get to release somebody. So I'm going to give you a choice. I don't know whether it was a choice all the time, but it's going to give them a choice. So how had the group Pilate speaking to changed from when Pilate initially questioned Jesus and why? Yeah, this one may, you got to think back. When they initially brought Jesus there, who was in the crowd? It was the Sanhedrin, right? Pretty much just the Jewish leadership. It's been enough time for Pilate to go through his trial, for Pilate to send him to Herod, for him to come back from Herod after that trial, back to Jesus again for more questioning, and for Jesus to say, here's what we're going to do. So the crowd is not just the Sanhedrin. It's everybody else who's gotten up and come down to the Praetorium to see what's going on. And they knew about this tradition. So the crowd got a lot bigger. And it's a lot more diverse. It's not just the Sanhedrin. It's the Jews that have come out in Jerusalem to see who they're going to release. So it's a much bigger crowd. So what's the motivation of the Jewish leadership that Pilate's aware of? The crooked. This has all been just basically made up. And I know, they, I know why they, they want to kill this guy. I just don't know why, but I know there's something wrong here. So he, knew, he sensed there was something wrong, even before his wife got to him, as, as Rita was talking about. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him his message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. So 
she's already warned them off to say, you know, at this particular point, don't get involved. So, who gave the dream to Pilate's wife? Could be God. Now, if they listened to that dream, it didn't have anything to do with it. But Jesus had died. Yeah, it was, a, it was to derail him from going to the cross. So you could argue it was Satan that gave her the dream. We don't know. But she had that dream. Why would God say to him the night before in the garden, you've got to go to the cross? And then have a dream that said, oh, no, no, don't, don't have anything to do with that. Jesus is sentenced. Now, it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner from the as requested. So this is kind of going through, but there's a little bit more here in the, in the account from Mark. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. So we know a little bit more about Barabbas. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Asked Pilate knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priest had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief, chief priest stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. So, who did Barabbas and other insurrectionists most likely murder? Romans. Okay. That's, how, how, was, how was the relationship, I'm not going to get through this today, so I can talk about it. What was the relationship kind of between the Romans and the Jews? Was it a good one? Was it a bad one? They tolerated the Jews. There was two types of, of areas that the Romans um, occupied in, their, in, their, in, in the Roman Empire. One was where the people were friendly, they paid their taxes, they didn't cause any problems. The other one was where the people were unfriendly, they didn't want to pay their taxes, and they were just trouble all the time. The Jews fell into the latter. And if you were in the latter category, there was a garrison of Roman soldiers assigned to that territory that were under the control of the governor. So they were there to beat down any insurrection that was happening in the area and keep the people quiet, pliable, and paying their taxes. That was their job. The, the Jews, how would they felt about Barabbas and other insurrectionists based on that? Wouldn't they love it? Isn't, isn't that what they... They, they'd say, we want, to get, we want to be our own again? What, what happened in the past that they still celebrate now that shows that the Jews wanted to throw off anybody who had authority on them? What holiday do they separate, celebrate now that was a result of them throwing off control of an empire from them? 
Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Hanukkah is celebration of when the uh, Maccabees overthrew the Seleucid Empire and reestablished Israel as a separate, independent state or country with their own controls and everything like that. That's what Hanukkah is about. So for them, it's wired in their brains to say, we want to get rid of the Romans. We want to, if it's insurrectionist, we're going to love them because we hate the Romans. So you can kind of see where the people are already going to be oriented towards Barabbas anyhow. Because, hey, he's a freedom fighter. We love this guy. Okay. Kind of answered that one. How had the way Pilate asked the question in the effort the chief priest influenced the crowd? Yeah, he, he, he asked it in such a way to say, hey, here's the king of the Jews. I can release him? And, but the, but the, the chief priests had already worked the crowd. And they started screaming, no, no, we want Barabbas. We, and it wasn't hard because Barabbas was, like I said, a freedom fighter. In their mind, this is the guy we want. And I just concluded this for continuity from the last one. Pilate called together the chief priests and the rulers of the people and said to them, you brought me this man. So it's kind of the same thing. But Luke continues, but the whole crowd shouted, away with this man, release Barabbas to us. Barabbas has been thrown in prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. So, so what's the response? And how do you think Pilate reacted? That didn't work. That didn't work. And Barabbas, he probably was a little surprised. Dude, this is, from his perspective, Barabbas was, a, was a, a mean, evil guy. Why would anybody want this mean, evil guy released? I think it was a shock to Pilate. He, yep, he didn't understand them. He didn't understand how they thought. And John, then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns, put it on his head. They clothed him with a purple robe. And he went up again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they slapped him in the face. So John, asked, John has the most on this particular, by the way, uh, than the other three Gospels put together. So what was it like to be flogged? Not good. That's probably an understatement. What they used, and I had three pictures that I pulled, but they all had three leather thongs or leather pieces on them that held different things on them. Now, you can't read what's, what's there um, in that bottom left one, but what they have is they tie in like leather weights on the end of it so that when they swung it, you could really get some speed. They had uh, maybe lead um, pieces in it that were spikes, which you kind of see in, in a couple of those. Uh, they had pieces of bone in there, uh, various things that were weaved into leather so when they hit and they pulled, they could rip the skin away and just keep ripping tissue away as they whipped them. So it, was, it wasn't a bull whip, which kind of some people had in their mind. It was a a small whip that you could, you could, you know, you, if you held like this, it would be touching the ground. So it wouldn't be very, it's not a very long thing, but it's something that where you can really keep hitting someone and hitting someone. 
So it gives you an idea of, he said, I had him flogged. The floggings, a lot of times, people didn't survive because they were so severe. There's a lot of blood loss, a lot of shock that people went into and like that. And that was Pilate's partial plan to say, I'm going to get him released because I'm going to do this and they're going to have sympathy and then they're going to, and that was, that was where he was headed. But he didn't understand. It wasn't God's will. And that's what he was working against. So, once more Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered there, look, I am bringing up to you, let him know what I find, no basis for a charge against him. So, now he's had him whipped. He's, he's got this robe back on him. Jesus has his crown of thorns pressed out on his head. He's bleeding. He's probably going into a little bit of shock. And they bring him out in front. And he says, just to say, just, that's the scene, just so they could understand. See how much I punished this guy? Hadn't he, hadn't he suffered enough? When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and their own officers saw him, they shouted, crucify, crucify. But Pilate answered, you, take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. So, how's his appeal differently? It's now with a, a, a man who's been beaten so badly with an inch of his life. I might go through this a little quicker. So, how... Who reacts to Pilate's statement in, display, in the display of Jesus? And how is that ironic? Huh? Yep, it's the core group. It's the Son of God, and it's ironic that they're saying, kill him. The ones who, the chief priests are the ones who are saying this. How does Pilate react? With disgust. With disgust. And he says, you crucify him. He just gave him the authority to go crucify him, didn't he? They're not going to touch it. They know they're not going to touch it. They said, that's just, that's just something that we're not going to do. I'll probably get to the end of this one. The Jews, Jewish leaders insisted, we have a law, and according to the law, he must die, because he claimed to be the Son of God. So now they finally get a little bit honest. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid, and he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from, he asked Jesus, but Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me, Pilate said? Don't you realize I have the power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who has handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. So the new charge, what new charge does Pilate hear? And how's Pilate reacted? Yeah, he said, he's the son of, he said he's the son of God. So Pilate's reaction? He really wants to get rid of this hot potato. He's really looking for something that he can do to let this man go. His wife's told him that's a problem. He's, his gut tells him that's a problem. Herod couldn't find a problem. He knows there's something going on that's wrong. But he is a politician. Keep that in mind. So how does Jesus respond that Pilate, how, and how might that affect Pilate emotionally? 
think on that slide. Yeah, you think you're in charge. The ones that did that said, let his blood be on us. I think I'm going to get to that in two slides. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free. But the Jewish leader kept shouting, if you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar, which is not true. When Pilate heard this, he brought out Jesus out, sat down at the judge's seat at the place known as the Stone of Pavement, which, is, which in Aramaic is... Gabbatha. So based on what Pilate has come to understand of Jesus, what does he really want? He wants to let him go. So this, there's nothing wrong with this guy. So what did, the, what did the Jewish leadership do now that affected Pilate? They appealed to him as a politician. Remember, Caesar put you there, Caesar can take you out. So the appeal they had there was to say, hey, you're no friend of Caesar if you don't crucify this man. So the politician kicked in at this particular point. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but instead an uproar was starting, he took water, washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am, an innocent, I am innocent of this man's blood. He said, it is your responsibility. All the people answered, his blood is upon us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. So that's where we're going to stop this week. Appreciate your attention. That was the last bell. Sing.